It's episode 333, repeating, of course. The brother in the bottom left is here. Kenobi is back from his training in the mountains. He is now a ultimate master dragon slayer killer jutsu owner. Hello, how are things? (laughs) I didn't know it was all that, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, where I am, there's a fuck ton of snow outside, so I'm not looking forward to having to shovel that after this, but you know. I'll put it off a little bit with this podcast that we're going to do. So I don't have to do it right away. Fair. I I understand that. I we I don't know how we dodged the snow, but we did not get any snow. I I would I would shovel with you, my friend. Stand in solidarity with the snow shovelers. Jessica, how do you sh- shovel your snow? Do you have a machine, Kenobi? Tell me you have a machine. No, I don't. Which is psychopathic of me. Oh, uh, I like shoveling snow. Is that crazy? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, what it, do you okay, like so, about uh, just, it? Just for it's just quiet. for just for reference, Joe. There's eight inches of snow outside. It's probably like the heaviest snow possible. Um, if you want to eight come, inches, yeah. If you want to come and shovel it, for oh, me, we are already yeah. back on the fucking Drake leak. Oh, <laughs> that was my segue. That was my segue. You don't get well, to steal that. You guys are fucking. You guys are crazy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I should. I should get a. A machine i luckily have i don't have to do my whole driveway because i have um i have a neighbor who like does like landscaping and like owns a mm. truck that um so that's right. has a plow on it so, so they they come and do the driveway but i gotta go do the walkway and that's not gonna be fun i'm just uh, chat's moving too fast for whatever he is because <laughs> it's true <laughs> The chat is moving a little too fast you know you know what has been moving too fast just kidding. It's actually been moving very slowly this off season. Uh, oh my or, god! Are we calling space. it an off season? Um, is this is this an off? Season? There is a there is a season that is off. So the season is off. It is not the, on. Se- there's, the season isn't on. So like, I'm fine with calling it an off. And season. thus it is off. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's been going on a snail's place. I feel like every week there is just. There's definitely been more things to talk about, and we will get into some of the team stuff first, and we'll get into some of the patches, maybe give some takes on maybe where things are going. There's a fair rework. Everybody and their mother has a bonus damage and bonus armor, and now there's Grievous Wounds in the game. What's Grievous Wounds, you ask? Well, we'll we'll learn you smart later on. Don't worry. There's stuff to talk about, but it's not like, you know games you know i want to get some some games going i want to see some competition and i feel like apac starting soonish right yes yeah um end of february no i think mid-february even though i'm not sure if it's know. being streamed or not but um it should be, it should be soon yeah. yeah yeah so can't wait to get into those um yeah well we will we'll have to see another thing that kind of like recently not leaked but recently was announced sean miller did tweet out that uh, the Florida Mayhem and the Dow Defunct Dallas Fuel, I guess both are defunct now, but regardless, uh, we'll be getting skins. Why, you may ask? I don't, I, I'm still not too sure myself. We had a talk about this earlier. Uh, it was not clear to me why they were being awarded no, skins, it, but it looks like. Yeah, okay, why they're skins is a good question, but the. Um, the reason why they're being awarded those is because of their qualifier standing for the summer stage so the regular season of the second part of the uh of the season and they are Dallas Fuel and Florida Mayhem because 
if people recall, Atlanta Rain and Florida Mayhem had the same season score at the end. Yeah, yeah. But Atlanta Rain had an eight and zero in the first half. Florida six and two, and therefore, like, in order to equalize that, Atlanta went six and two on the second half. Then Florida mm. went eight and zero. Therefore, they got mm. the skin there. And then Dallas Fuel, I think, went seven and one in the round robin and that's what they awarded it for which by the way strategically smart decision because i definitely wouldn't have done it around uh, the qualifiers and then once again getting into the hungry sparks seating yeah <laughs> so um, good dodge good dodge <clears throat> is this kenobi is this not like a little weird like you know now that the website is now dead um to be like, hey guys, anybody for some owl skins? You guys want to pay? I mean, I'm I'm always down. If this means that they're gonna like, I, I would very much like that they don't completely get rid of the history of owl like, okay. altogether. Sure, because I, I think that like, I think that was kind of one of the problems with Overwatch League was that I think, uh, I, I think there could have been a little bit more of like that transition, like Apex and like you know, sure all of that other stuff that like came before like contenders and like that i think transitioning that over into overwatch league i think would have been good obviously they wanted it i feel like they probably wanted it to be its like own thing that yeah. like stands on its own but i think understanding your history at least for me is like one of the most important parts about like the entirety and the health of your esport right like every other esport kind of like very much pays homage to its history league is like probably the perfect example of that more mm. so than anything else where you know they remember like back when um like old lck and like sure. old lpl and like all these old things you know when casting worlds from freak space all that stuff so i i think i think i'm down to have i would love to see like maybe some more like stuff like this like if cross my fingers for a mayhem championships game, yeah i was just about cool. to ask like how are we getting these before like a mayhem championship no game? that's like, not that not feel well well, these is are that easy. Normal? I mean, yeah, this is normal. I mean, it definitely is easier, but the, it's like weird. They did this with the the Reaper like Luchador skins, yes. like last year, the Soul skin and Gladiator skin. I think was the yes. Um, the thing is, were the Luchador skins ago. also just reskins of an existing skin, or was that a? Yes, they were. Okay, I didn't even check that. That's all. Yeah, so the, it's the same thing for this one, okay. which is like I'm, I'm I'm fine with that. I I, am I, I like yeah. okay for that effort. Anything that like pays homage to the history of the game i think it's sure no matter what okay fair play i it Definitely. still raises like future concerns or interests in how they're going to on a, a the big question is would this be monetized is there a rev share model there with the existing mm -hmm. misfits org yeah um or the rights holder rather of the uh the florida mayhem and how is that going to be measured going forward, right? Like, is yeah. was, is there a rev share model, or are they just going to have those skins and take advantage of those brands that really those teams are still now around have name <laughs> rights about? Now, whether yeah. or not they have ownership rights about is a different... I, I'm not sure how the legalities play out, but that's certainly like a interesting thing because could they be transferred could immortals just sell it to i don't know FlyQuest, and then FlyQuest uh opens like a, an overwatch division calls it that and then gets revenue if that is still a thing yeah. or at sure, least like sure. a skin representation that gives some additional brand value there's still questions about 
to me how how these skins are being handled going forward yeah but yeah. i think you raised some definitely like interesting ideas and thoughts regarding you know ownership name ownership as we go into i just like it as long as it's above league. legals you know if we could just like you know throw throw the legal red tape out for a second I think <laughs> obviously can't do that but like yeah you know, especially not these thing. days yeah um uh, <laughs> when you know money's getting kind of Tight. tight for some people for others uh maybe they're swimming in it who knows but you know who is swimming in it it's the patron producers they're swimming in our love and adoration for supporting the show so thank you so much to battle credit refined bean bronze babu hell lotion rex saint volume sugar high and our youtube members imgrw brother adam l ice mgl fire on six and eight k thank you so much for 333 episodes eric correctly referred to this as the leroy jenkins episode for those who get it congratulations you are old that is like a 20-year-old video. Yeah. Kind of wild. Some other 20-year-old players have now been signed. Falcon Esports, or should I say Team Hamsters and Sir Majed, are here. It's a pretty stacked team, I will have to say. Uh, first first thoughts, Kenobi. The, the team fearless. of <laughs> <laughs> proper Chia, Stalker, Hanbin, Fielder Smurf, and Sir Majed. Imagine them being like, oh, hey, yo, we're like creating this team with like fearless, just Dallas fuel with like proper uh, (laughs) and stalker. And then they're like, what if we got you guys Smurf? And they're like, fuck yeah, let's fucking do it. That team is like disgusting. Like, I don't know how they, beyond the bad Pachamari curse, I don't know how they lose APEC at all. Like, that team is just filth. It's the best. over like, under over under one game how many maps does a jed play uh if it's where? double flex well it depends on like if it's double flex cuz i don't I, I i don't know if i want chio playing my ana <laughs> also not necessarily okay. don't yeah i, I don't want think play. you're wrong but don't want to play i don't know if i want to play him like okay. bat so over Maybe. under the whole year any tournament over like, one map or under oh over one map for sure yeah okay i think for sure he'll play more more than one. especially if the meta well i mean unless it's like lucio and Breger literally hard meta for like the entire year then it's like i, I don't know i don't know where i'm going I, I get you, I get you. I'm, I'm poking I'm poking the bear because it's just another like Atlanta brain situation where it's just like and Hawk. It's like, like this team is so Hawk so just doesn't play, right? Insane, man. It is giga it's giga stacked. This is gonna be another one of those things where it's like you have a core, you probably scrim with the core most more than more often than not. So why change things? Like But Jed, you know, home homeboy, he's there, he's you know, got the country behind him, I'd imagine. You can't not. Majed's also good. Like, let's, let's, Majed is good, like, of course. This isn't like a Shanghai Dragons like Molly situation. No. This is like a, like, Majed is very, very It's just hard, you know, to fit people in sometimes. Yeah, I don't I'm know saying. where he fits. It's another Hawk situation. I'm I'm just happy that Who Are You could once again, uh, you know, inspire a <laughs> young professional to to the most to get a ring. You know? Just insane hustle from the bench ultimate bag getter of esports history is i mean is there not 
is this not like the standard for APAC? You know, obviously, you know, Falcons announcing that they are going to be playing within OWCS Korea. Is is this not like just the front runner to get to land? Is is there literally oh, yeah. like any team know. out there? I mean, are there? I don't even know what other teams are like. I think Twisted Minds. Well, is you know what? In. You're what a transition. What I I absolutely <laughs> love the transition. You're so beautiful for that. Thank you. Day one. Uh, Twisted Minds has announced their starting roster for OWCS 2024. Uh, the team featuring KSA, UB Quartz, Lapda, if I remember correctly, Lapda, uh, Sky yeah. Ripper, Kellex, and Real Slay. I'm guessing it's just Slay. Slay. Yeah. Um, solid EU team. No, I mean, yeah, this team like, was pretty, pretty competent. The best. They were the best like uh, EU team throughout pretty much the entirety of the year, year last year in Tier Two EMEA. Yeah. Um. I think they had some ridiculous record, like only losing like it, it was less than five maps the entire year. Yeah, or not my five maps, five uh, series. Like they were, I think they even went might have gone undefeated at one point. But yeah, they were really, really good. Almost they they almost got beat by SRP Check. Um, rest in peace. Uh, but this team is, I think this team's very good. Um. So you're telling me that this is not a potential to have they went oh, to Korea I, 2.0. I don't know if they can beat the that other team. This is like well, what I'm saying is that because right, right right now they've announced that they're actually boot camping in Korea but they will be competing in Oh, they're going to be playing EU. in EMEA. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh then yeah, this is if they're boot camping in Korea and then they're going to be playing in EU, this is probably a front runner for EU. I don't know like what the other t- Obviously like I think with a lot of these rosters it like comes down to because we're having such a shift in like the uh ecosystem and going sure. into like OWCS, what are the other teams in EU gonna look like? Of course, um, yeah. You know, are some of the players that were in NA that were from EU gonna go back to EU? That makes things a little bit different in terms of like the strength of the region. Um but like as of right now, this team I would say is like probably a very good a very good chance of winning EMEA uh region because of how good they are. Uh, I think they cover a lot of the bases as well. Um, was very, I think Quartz is someone who um, should be looked at as, I think, one of, a t- like, I think probably like an elite hit scan in uh, sure. Overwatch right sure. now. Especially, like, I was watching him, like, back when he was in the, but, like, I think World Cup really helped, I think, kind of mythologize Quartz a little bit. Um, as much as I have mental scars from watching that grand final, Quartz was fucking <laughs> on one like took it to sh- like i don't know if he beat shy necessarily but like stood toe-to-toe with him pretty okay yeah. um so yeah this team i think is probably like a, i'd say right now like a top three emea team if i had to yeah i yes, think that, i mean there's uh we spit fire right true yeah it shouldn't be underestimated plus Astro. there's still the the Kefsa mix that always has to be considered. Yeah, true. I, I a lot of those like I don't really know. I guess they're confirmed. I, are, is the Kevster mix like a confirmed team? Like I have, I think the thing is like the only way that okay, a like I have no idea. Like this is a team that's like I can have I have in front of me that's like okay, this team is gonna yeah. Except like, for We Spit Fire, I guess is the other one. Yeah, they they're not confirmed the Kevster mix, but like whatever team Kevster is going to play with, you just assume that it's going to be a contender, yeah. right? So unless yeah. of course he, he gets an import somewhere, so um, that doesn't 
I, I don't know if that would be happening, but yeah, that they're they're actually a bunch of good rosters in you, I think. Um, yeah, unironically, I think it's like, going to be way Mines. more competitive, way more competitive than oh, the NBA yeah. was last year. Hundred percent, and, and I, honestly, and this is maybe this is going out on a limb, but I feel like it might be more competitive than NA. No. Uh. Yeah, I don't know how many imports are going to be in NA. Is the thing because I think <laughs> what I'm seeing a what I'm seeing a lot of is a lot of the collegiate players that are coming in from like other places are going to sure. be like are trying to get OWC. I mean, thus so, like, far we have like the Collusion mix and like Defiant, and Defiant looks like yeah. a solid team, I mean, but Defiant like Defiant looks very good, hundred percent. And the Collusion mix looks you know solid, yeah, but I mean. I feel like Twisted Minds kind of does well against them. I feel like we I mean, Twisted does well against them. I think the thing about NA or EMEA was like, you know, as and much as I love the region from the like, top here, but yeah, but like as much as I love the region, like EMEA last year, like oh yeah was third, uh, tied for third, with the <laughs> and oh <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah was yeah. is a meme team, team. Of just like one trick. I wouldn't say meme team, but like they're they're like a like specialist team. I don't. I feel like one trick. Tell me, they play Junkrat, okay? I mean, yeah, but I feel like. I mean, they, that's how I get I feel, on board. Listen, they're still they were still eight and three. So like finishing fourth is like if, if it's a team that's like that specialized and that niche and getting that far. I think that's like I think the general kind of level of EMEA was like very, very top heavy, like sure. to the extent where it was like I think it was like Twisted Minds, then a huge gap and then like like two or three teams that were there in like the second tier. Right now, if we're having all these like other teams, like I can already see four teams potentially that could be like, or I guess three that we know of, uh-huh. three teams that could like potentially be like at number. one. You want an unhinged question? Sure. Completely tangentially related has nothing to do with exactly what we were talking about, but I thought it would be <laughs> funny, so I'm just going to bring it up. Go, Kenobi. Is leave the Patrick Mahomes of Overwatch? <laughs> No, Patrick Mahomes wins championships. Leave doesn't. <laughs> huh? I mean, ouch. I mean, what? I mean, that's that's like, what do you? I I, I can't. He needs that. He unfortunately hasn't won anything. I mean, he won like APAC Premier. He won an MVP. <laughs> yeah, that's it. If, if I had to, if, if like genuinely, if I had to put a currently, probably like I think. Uh, Leave is like Lamar Jackson at the current moment because he uh, wins MVPs okay. but gets to the playoffs and doesn't perform as well. Based. I pretend to know what you guys were talking about. <laughs> Listen. It was unhinged, show, okay? And I apologize. Show, why are you showing this to me? Stop. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this area. See what? <laughs> What's this? It was a skater no. boy. She said, "See Eric, later, boy." Eric was putting up the leave Wikipedia. <laughs> let me see, let me get this on screen. Hurts me. <laughs> but yeah, I I think this is uh for for EU. I actually think it'll be really nice to see a lot of those players like go back. Yeah, have EU be like a a region <clears throat> that's going to be a little bit more competitive. I do like the fact that Twisted Minds is boot camping. I think that's really yeah. not only intelligent, but like it could create some interesting dynamics, especially early on in EMEA mm-hmm. for OWCS. 
where, as we know, I think it's not a surprise. You talk about, oh, yeah, you talk about we spit fire, like incredibly stylistic teams, right? If you're spending all of your off-season boot camping in Korea, playing in the Korean bubble and the APEC bubble, and you come back and everybody's playing Rhine Rush and you're used to playing dive, like, what is that? What is that dynamic going to look like? Are you going to live up? Can you adapt? Like, is that are you going to just immediately force a meta redirection to like what you're playing? Who knows? Like that's, that's an interesting dynamic that I think it will be like a touchstone mm-hmm. to kind of watch as we, we see the season pan out, but definitely a solid team. Uh, I think people hopefully got corrected or came correct uh, after the, uh, the, the, the pro-am after twisted minds kind of slapped up some people and surprised, yep. I would say quite a, quite a bit. Um, I'd agree with that. Do we do we think that overwashed the custom mix? <laughs> Emong J3 apply Carcu and Custa. Do we do we think they make it into Swiss? I'm I'm you know what I'm gonna say they do. I'll ride Based. with them. Ride. That would be insane. Actually, I'll ride with them. <laughs> that would actually be kind of crazy. Um, I'll ride with I'll ride with the home. <clears throat> but I mean, um, NA might just be shit enough, you know. Maybe it's possible, and that's no that's no shame to the you know the content team, but great great logo. I want to know if that took somebody like far too long to make that gif. Cute, I like it. It is cute. It's a good one. I will say, and you can you can you can talk about this as much or as little as you want, Kenobi. But mm. Custa on the topic of Custa did put out a tweet recently quoted and saying overwatch esports has been my life for the last seven years Mm -hmm. i was hoping i could continue with owcs but it seems like i might not get the chance hoping for the best but it's looking bleak maybe it's time to move on well first Uh, what does that mean to you like what is what is what do you when you read that what is like what the fuck they didn't get custa like what yeah i think custa is really a really good mind for the game Um, okay all my interactions with custa have been very good um, and I think that he would be a great person to have on like, an Overwatch podcast. I I really like. <clears throat> I enjoyed his casting because I like. I think one of the things that's interesting about like when I look at casting is like the difference between how players casts over players cast over like someone like me who's like not necessarily like a former player, and this is like goes for like kind of all the other games as well. Is I think they have like such a insane wealth of knowledge. Jake has this too. Um, and I think having that different perspective is always good for a broadcast. Uh, I think former players can kind of get down to some of the nitty gritty of like things that like maybe I'm not necessarily as like uh, uh, in touch with. Right? I think there there is that aspect. So I think Custa is someone who I would really like to see uh, continue in Overwatch for sure. Yeah. I think I'd echo a lot of that. I think there's very few people who, as I spit everywhere, um, <laughs> I I will forever kind of just glaze Custa for the the justice like hammering that he gave them when they did like the whole like Sigma swap and it was like you know he just kind of like went on a tirade and was like this is ridiculous. Da, 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 da. I was just like cheering from the rooftops that like yes we have like somebody's doing it somebody's saying something like mm-hmm. we can talk about the x's and o's they they won't listen we we can try to build stories but 
we don't have the resources or maybe the allowance to do so. But somebody's just going to like mic drop, say some shit, give an opinion, whether it's right, whether it's wrong. It's out there. It's kind of fiery and people like, oh, it was so good. Yeah. Um, and I think great, that, great dude. Also, really like I cuss is fantastic. So they're not one of the nicest people. One of the nicest, like intelligent when I went to uh, when I went to Burbank, um, mm-hmm. like uh, for his wedding, he was just like really nice. Yeah. Um, so like. And like when I met him at BlizzCon, like yeah. So I think, it, obviously, he's he's a really nice guy, and I, I think that having him there in any capacity, I think it'd be really good. Especially since he's been around for as long as he has, right? Like that. When I when I talk about having, um, kind of mythologizing the history of the game, yeah. Someone who's like been there for like that long, I think, is literally like since them. the start. Yeah, like having that person is important because having that overarching kind of understanding of how the the esport has ebbed and flowed i think is very important yeah it would be it would be a an absolute step in the wrong direction to not have somebody like us on that broadcast whether it's i think the only way that i feel like it would be tolerable is if they were really cutting down on the amount or the seats at the table let's put it that way Mm -hmm. that's that is the only way and even then it's still hard to imagine not having a player that literally checks almost all the boxes i don't actually i can't think of a box that custom kind of doesn't check american it fair (laughs) this is true that that is a big one that is a tough one to not i'm not sure what the situation is um he has a green card or not if he pursued it or but that could theoretically uh true that does limitation uh, sure um i would hope like i it's probably not never going to be a main gig in overwatch but that co-streaming yeah. could be a p- potential um mm-hmm. avenue for him but unfortunately it's I I struggle to say as much, but it it feels like it's also not going to be the only um, person that will be impacted by those. I think the downsizing is expected. I very much don't expect uh, a lot of desk work at all anymore. Um, So it it just... Unfortunately, as, as this went into the system... You know, it's it, it it is it is kind of shit that it got this way. But yeah, the the for those folks that said that a reboot of Overwatch esports would be beneficial, um, this is this is unfortunately the yes, that's the logical conclusion of this yeah this move. Um, and you are reaping what you sow. The the problem also could be that maybe it's not even just a downsizing um, mm-hmm. but it could also just be and, and that now I'm talking out of order where I don't know is um, if, if it's just people being willing to work for less and therefore also very likely pro- uh, having a worse product to show for yeah. Right. 100%. And and this is such an impactful year where we kind of need this to be as expedited as possible to get through this year, 
to connect with the the fans that are still around to court the fans that are here for the competition and not for the geolocation like this is we we really need to hit it out of the park with the the broadcast this year and you know this is not a good start to the very least it's worrying i i agree but like okay if you have a much more limited budget you're now like you know how we play these general manager yeah. pe- like pick whoever you want yeah um like if you only have a limited much more limited budget you have to be thinking about cuts and um you know who's who's not available for a broadcast i don't think it's necessarily a coincidence that Zoe is gone even though i could see that being like a um, like a contracted it, thing. It could. Like, it might just hint towards like no more desk work being done, right? And cast having to fill those holes. Um, I, I think like you, if you look for S tier or like the the first round picks, you gotta have some funds for Uber. I think, unless you want to stage a revolt with fans, I think that's the most important. Uh, yeah, talent picks that's, left. That's a big one. Um. And uh, yeah, then you gotta gotta look. I think, I think it is a world where you just get more people, but those people also work less for the Overwatch job in particular. As a lot of those folks will be casting multiple esports, right? Right, hundred percent. It is no coincidence, or it's like that's probably the best choice that you gotta make is. Um, to have multidisciplinary casters that can make their year work because they work multiple scenes, right? Sure. And um, if you only get so much work, then you want... Maybe you just approach the guys that you know that can be fine with your offer. And then also, if you're not looking to host a desk, yes, caster has casting chops as well. And I also kind of hate when, when we're going away from, you know, getting the charismatic player types with real, you know, information chop or rather gameplay yeah. read chops um, away. But yeah, unfortunately, like if, if you have limited resources, you got to got to pick your uh, pick your winners. And I, I personally would start with Uber. Um, and then, yeah, I, it also, of course, there's always a, a, a question of what their day rates are in comparison and whatnot. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And I, I expect there will be a lot of... Uh, I know there's some interesting surprises. I know there are like, further upsets on the horizon. So okay. this is unfortunately going to be the case going forward. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I think that's stuff that you know, fans have to prepare for when, when something as big as the Overwatch League folds, like there are, you know, rippling ramifications uh, to that decision. Um, so like you said, for anybody who is, you know, cheering for the death, um, partially, you know, myself included of the Overwatch League, uh, this is the stuff that you kind of had to be prepared to, you know, yep. deal with in some ways. Right. Kenobi, I did want to kind of rope you back in because you just had a point that was kind of 
interesting for a num like for for very like broad reasons. Um, talked about doing less or or lessening the impact of the desk and maybe moving casters to just man the desk if that was going to be a thing at all. And that is kind cool. of in line with some of the stuff that League of Legends is doing, at least in yep. the NALCS, with their move to just kind of eliminating the desk entirely um, and just trying to speed up getting into the game, which I know is your favorite thing to read in Twitch chat. Please cast your start game. Hmm. Um, it, do you think that that is the future? Do you think that Riot's decision to do that is affecting, you know, maybe the OWCS outlook on, you know, caster rates? Uh, oh, well, I mean, I don't know about the rates or anything. Like, maybe not like, the rates, but like how much is it impacting our side of the fence? Um, I think that I always liked, I mean, I went to the desk and like when I did it in Burbank, I actually had some of the most fun being on the desk that I like, cause I think the desk is a great to me. Storytelling is like the thing that I hang my hat on a lot when it comes sure. to overwatch uh, and just esports in general. When I cast uh, on the desk, you can kind of like hit notes a little bit easier and like, you can like prep stuff for like that. Yeah. A lot of like, I mean, I can prep for a cast, but a lot of that has to be like on the fly type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas on the desk, I can be a little bit more succinct and a little bit more, a little bit more flowery potentially with like my language or like setting the tone a little bit differently. Um, I love desks. I really, really do. Um, I, I think LCK still has theirs. Um, they call it the space. It's like this like little area where like the casters talk about it, uh, yeah. about the game and like stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I think that. I think that kind of moving away from the desk, I mean, I, 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 speaking of like moving away from the desk and stuff like that, like losing dash to me was like, a. I, I felt it felt pretty bad. Sure. Um, I think he was really, really good for LCS. And I think was like incredible at like moving the desk. I mean, even in L- LEC, they kind of still have a desk themselves. Um, with like, I think shocks and like, uh, Lore is the one who like does the desk, or I think does the desk as well. I see I you got real French right there. It's crazy. That's the only way I know how to say it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> but like, I-, I think desks are still important when it comes to like the money aspect on it. Yeah, if you're like downsizing, like we did see with LCS, that was kind of the first mm-hmm. thing to go was yeah. the desk. Um, so. I think it sucked to lose because I think that it does, especially if you have someone like Jake or like Costa there to like really hit home with sure. that analysis that like after watching a game, like it's, it's good information. And I think losing that, I mean, yeah, you can always just do the thing where it's like, Hey, just put the casters there. Yeah. And like casters are good at doing that as well. I don't think it's a problem, but I think having like having a set desk to me feels really good for the broadcast and losing it would suck. Yeah, I I would say so. I think maybe this opens up a question for the both of you. Um, do you think it's something inherent with the desk that is kind of just immediately forcing eyes off the product? Or is it something that, uh, as a tone, you could kind of shift to where, like, when we have seen desks, obviously some of the biggest desks, you know, analyst desks, you know, you look at like the NBA, you look at, you know, maybe even in our own backyard with like some of Riot's productions. It always feels like there is like a very set tone that still 
has a use right there there is a use for this is it it, for the both of you like is it something inherent to a broadcast like analyst desk that it just isn't needed in today's you know media or is it something that we could change is it is it a style thing go ahead kenobi i i got my demolition take oh okay (laughs) Um, I mean, you talk about desks. I think that they are, there are really good, like the NBA one, like the TNT NBA analyst desk is like insanely good, right? Because I think you have like, you have, and I think it's because all of those people who are on there, like, you know, Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, Kenny, uh, Kenny Smith and like, uh, Ernie Johnson, they're all like insanely good at their job, but they also have really good rapport with each other. And I think, you know, three of them are former players right and i think that they offered they do offer like a lot of good insight but they're also like so so fucking funny is like the other thing and i think that like that's the tone they're obviously going for right they're not trying to be like just this like hard-hitting super analytical thing but they still do have those moments where it's like yeah we can break down the game you know charles or Shaq talks about you know barbecue chicken the big man's got to get into the paint and like do the thing stop shooting threes right but which is like good analysis right especially if you're you know, if you're talking about basketball and stuff like that, sure. but then they also will like joke about how Charles Barkley got a bracelet from a guy in a steam room, right? Like that you don't, you don't have to always be on, I think on the right. desk, right? I think you can have the desk should be like more like you can be, um, you can have those moments where it is entertainment, but you can also have those moments where it is analysis. Um, right. so I think that like having kind of an idea from the start, like don't like having the desk to just have the desk, is serves no purpose other than yeah. to burn more money yeah yeah i i think giving a reason like if you can have like a reason to like you know with the analysis like having i think having the big board is like great like when when i went to do it in overwatch League, like i loved that i loved you know going to the board i think it's a the great way to kind of like um you know the little the, yeah no, the, the telestrator um the telestrator i think that's like those things are fantastic because like it's it's a great way to kind of show, especially in like Overwatch, where yes. the game is so just like focused on one thing at a time. Usually, um, zooming out and having that ability to look over every single minute thing that happened in a team fight is really good for the viewer to see. Mm-hmm. And like having those types of things that the desk did last year is fantastic. And then there were those moments where like we wore dog uh, masks and talked about our underdogs. Like that's, I think that's kind of how it has to be i think that's like a good thing to kind of have those like if you can find that great mix of like personalities um entertainment value and an analytical value i think the desk is totally worth it okay yes your rebuttal i think what kenobi just said (laughs) is uh comes at zero cost with a co-string and that's the essentialized unencumbered by sponsorship talk um, outsourcing of that. Of course, you're not reaping the benefits of having to or getting to put sponsorship dollars on there. I think, like, for that particular, like, whatever you said about, uh, especially like the inside the NBA stuff, is already part of co streams, right? Like, there are former players congregating in voice calls and yeah. chatting shit, especially like I'm thinking LS, right? Um, and it doesn't always have to be super serious. And like, I, I think in general, a desk is 
initially I wanted to say desk the desk is a necessity for an older demographic, but I'm not even sure if that's true anymore. It just feels like if you're enjoying that experience, you're probably getting a lot of that out of um out of course streams anyway. Okay. Especially because they now have the technological uh, access as well. They can like get a clip, look at it, you know, like yeah, they can um, get their yeah. magic uh stick out. Epic pen. Epic, Epic pen. pen. <laughs> yeah. They can do that. Um and it comes at zero cost, right? Like it's yeah. it's uh if anything, it maximizes it like it makes viewers more willing to spend dollars into the esport because there's a bug in your human code where you just like to give a face money instead of Mm-hmm. A corporation. Faces. Yeah. 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 I get that. Um, then, okay. Is it crazy, not to cut you off, is it crazy to maybe wonder if the future of, you know, esports broadcasting is not to like have a a private invite only partner program where only certain people are allowed to co stream and maybe the developer or the publisher is actually like creating stipends to, you know, maybe support these people? Is that crazy? Um, I mean, I'm not it, sure if they need support. Then just have the desk. I guess. Sure, I don't. I don't think that they need it, but to 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 create goodwill, to create morale, to you know maybe even artificially keep people within your esport. Maybe it's you know it's mutually beneficial to have something that is akin to the analysis desk, or to you know fill the place of, and you know it's it's symbiotic. Let's say maybe I think they should be giving them tools. I think okay. monetization okay. is largely like, too far out. Maybe yeah, like if your if your esport cannot or does not have enough eyeballs on its mm-hmm. product to sustain one or two co-streamers, it definitely doesn't have enough resources sure. to sustain a desk. Right? That makes sense. Um, so the question is, what do you do in between? Um, that like the desk theoretically would have to pay itself, and in, in some parts it did, right? Like they had the player of the match, T-Mobile player of the match, and that's a right. desk feature and all those things, right? Um, if that is possible, fair enough, then then you can talk about it. But once again, that comes with scale, right? I think it's fair to say that desks make sense when they're a product of scale that they finance themselves. It also, I personally, actually don't think it's super desirable to have back-to-back-to-back games. I enjoy getting to do a um, a toilet break, fix some food, come back, and still be there for the draft in league. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like this, I, I'm like I think we now know that there are a large part of the esports audience watches more than just one one team. They yep. watch like yep. long periods of time. Um. And I don't think their viewership habits are six hours just like glued to the monitor, high attention. I think they need a breather. I think if anything, like breathers are highly underappreciated in esports. It's one of the reasons why Overwatch has a problem with its gameplay cycle that there aren't breathers, that there aren't opportunities to build uh, tension, tension and story, um, oh. and inject some knowledge. So. Yeah, I th- I think it's also not necessarily unhealthy, but I will say it's a very different skill set. I think there are very few desk analysts that can transition into Korea because the ratio of analysis and 
it's just a different charisma. Okay? Like, mm-hmm. Desk Cadrill and Stream Cadrill are two people. The fact yes. that this guy had two different, these two, two different skill sets on lock as well is kind of crazy. Like, you got to say that's, that's kind of nice, right? That, that he was capable of that. But, like, in general, it is much harder to, um, to, I mean, I think, do both. Right? I, well, I think now at least it's like, I'm pretty sure, like, every caster can be an analyst and vice versa. Like, I don't know if there's any, like, I'm I'm scratching my brain to think of just like if there was anyone who is just like straight up only analyst because I think people kind of realized that that was like a while ago that that was kind of like not really going to be like conducive. Okay. I'm trying to think, and I could be wrong. There could be someone who's just like you know analyst desk only in like a sport that I might not have watched, but like mm-hmm. most of the league, most of the league analysts I think can cast and vice versa. Um, especially at Worlds, like they were bringing in. Um, hysterics to like be on the desk and he's like a play-by-play caster and he was doing fine like i think that there is a lot of cross so so, like i think you can still like have the desk be there and just if you want to just have like the casters jump in and do that that's fine i think finding specific casters to like mesh with everyone and like all that that would like take some time and a few different rounds to go but again having it is still i would like it i mean obviously yeah like you're right, it's about a scale thing and, like, the cost, obviously, but I think they can be valuable, even though I think you do have a point as well where it's, like, yeah, co-streaming can do it, but also there is a level of, like, professional... Uh, I don't know. Something about, like, I don't know if I could... I don't know if I would like watching the inside the NBA desk if it was just them kind of on their webcams talking to each other. Like, I don't know. Sure, like, yeah. yeah. The thing is, like, everything... But like at scale, things change wildly, right? Like things become much more possible in what is uh, feasible to do, right? Like let's say you want a hardcore analysis show, okay? There are hardcore analysis YouTube channel that flourish just because the NBA audience is so large. If just like 0.1% of the audience likes that, there's a guy making Boku bucks off that, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 0.1% of that in Overwatch is one and a half guy. Right, like watching your videos on the regular, right? It's it's at scale. Things look very differently, um, and behave differently, and should be planned differently. We're not going for large scale anymore. We're yeah looking at, to optimize for a, a player base, and honestly, like the coast streams are just win win to me. Um, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I agree. I I think like for instance, in the logical progression here, by the way in the Overwatch League was, we are large scale, we can do skits, can do little, you know, production teams and, like, play them during the halftime. We can have pre-production shows and, like, Watchpoint and whatnot. That's large scale shit, okay? They realized yeah. that's not the scale of the, that the Overwatch League can operate under. There's not mm-hmm. that audience. So you scale down, you cut Watchpoint down, you change Watchpoint, you fire people, you still maintain the desk but like as your scene shrinks the opportunities and the ways that you can have production necessarily has to change now if if shit blows up again then you can scale back and sure of course look to introduce reintroduce these things um also some trial and error stuff i think for the um 
I think it's also a very different scales skill set to me. Okay, and here's my bias. I think there needs to be some edge, some calling out, some adversity. Yeah, uh, we need to be more like talking, content brand. Yeah, super like, and there can be honest analysis in there, but it, it there has to be way more sugar than almost yep. uh, like the vast majority of uh, esports desks as i perceive them give okay um you gotta look at the content cycle what works what works with your sponsors i think there's also a lot to be said about starting to convince your sponsors that saying shit is not a problem with your audience Mm -hmm. okay um and getting past these sensibilities of course within reason right not not to over overdo it too much uh, that like if you want to have more edgy content, yes, that then would have to be um, on the co-streams. But just like ad- have products that adapt more to the player base or viewer base that we have, and unfortunately, that is co-streams across the industry. Um, yep. And that's not to say that at scale, those analysis desks can't have value again, but. I also felt like there there was a in, in the Overwatch League there was a like discernible lack of edge for me. That that's that wasn't the audience that we're trying to attract. I'm I'm aware. I just think that's also not an audience that watches esports with yeah. any regularity. Um, yeah. And tone was a big reason why the like hardcore viewership was not there. I saw I saw a tweet today. I mean, you, you guys know that I've been saying this for the longest time, but mostly don't say it too loud because it's a fucking weird thing, thing to say. But uh-huh. um, Simulated war? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the, the tweet was, <laughs> aggressive sports and games like uh, UFC, NFL, poker, COD, etc. aren't just valuable. They're an essential part of he- a healthy society. All humans mm-hmm. need an outlet for their primal competitiveness. And if we don't let it out through intentional games, it manifests through real life war. Okay, I, it, it's I think here real life war is more metaphorical than, you know, yeah. like uh, actual war. Even though I think that like the penultimate moment of that could could be that, especially like in civil in a civil sense, civil war sense. Mm. But um, yeah, like it is. Think of the demographic who watches esports or sports, especially esports, actually, and then look at the demographic who primarily become soldiers. Or, sorry, yeah, I mean, who not just watch, but also play, okay? Right. We, we are fully f- on board saying, like, oh, yeah, it's like the sports really helps our communities. I was getting, getting falls off the streets and doing the wrong stuff yes right but they still have that energy that potentiality of like they 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 want to have an outlet for that type that is human right and have that Mm -hmm. be harnessed towards a goal and to suffocate that with all too wholesome production never said well to me and there is some edginess that is required and there is uh some competitiveness and not everyone can play well. And everyone, like, you have to shit on people as much as you have to say. Like, 
if you you come into an esport or in a into a competitive setting with your mom telling you that if you have nothing nice to say, then don't say it. Say it you got to yeah. leave that at the yeah. door. That is yep. not what I mean, this product is. Yeah, I think that I mean cuz it's like it's very easy to I don't know. I think finding a line especially in esports is like uh between like like actively flaming someone and then like critiquing is difficult because I think the uh the players have a lot of access to us I think as well. Sure. And it's like it's like and it, unless it's like I mean if it's from like Custa and Jake then like I think they have a lot more credibility on it, right? But yeah, like, sure. If it's someone like me, who I like, they, you know, the players will probably know more about Overwatch than I, you know, for than I probably ever will to an extent because they've been doing it for so long and know a little bit more minutia than me. They're in scrims, et cetera, et cetera. And analysis is well, I think I'm good at analysis. It's not the thing that I really like hang my hat on in terms of like being what I'm about, like. I think Avril is someone else who's like very good at like talking about like the analysis and like being able to people. But there are some people who I think just like it, it looks weird from I bet a player's perspective if someone who is set, like hasn't been there, hasn't really done it, isn't like that entrenched as like a former player says something critical. Like I think it's like you can call a spade a spade if you're like a caster or an analyst, obviously. But mm -hmm. like saying that like like I I wouldn't be able to do what like Charles Barkley does. And just say, like, yeah, these guys are shit. Like, they're awful. They're playing terrible. Lonzo Ball had a triple single today. Like, I can't do that. that I can't the... do that. Custa and Jake could, like, probably could do that, I think, with a little bit more credibility than me. But, like, there is some, like, aspect of it where it's, like, you need to be very careful from a certain perspective on, like, how you critique people. And I think it's possible. It's just a very fine line to walk, in my opinion. I agree. And I think it's specifically hard in Overwatch because I think there's even a large disagreement of what good play looks like within the yeah. if yeah. i asked 10 people harder. and 10 coaches like i would probably get different answers on like what is optimal here and like yes I, and the stats and so it's don't like, help either unfortunately yeah. like all of that is definitely a consideration overall like I, we we and i interviewed we did na contenders last year and i remember interviewing people and they're like hey do you like sigma and they're like no sigma sucks the next interview i think sigma is really good in a counter to arisa like i it, it's oh. it's not like it's there's no objective like yes you know statistical fact a lot of the time like yeah i mean there is like obviously like the meta matters and like et cetera et cetera but it, there's i think it's hard to critique to the extent that you might want people to do so without like just i think you just gotta like full, take the l if, if you gotta just fucking go yeah i think you can just go yeah. for it like i would you, you can definitely just like go for it and that's that's fair also like it requires a just, specific person it, it does require a, a thick skin yeah like this is which, i mean if you're a caster you kind of kind of need with the territory it's such a benefit to the entertainment factor yeah. and the drama yeah. of it all that players legitimately have to see like do i really have to tune in do i really have to read social media or do i know that this will help me get a bigger paycheck at the end of the day right hmm. um and yes, like it's not fair because esports players are expected to be closer to the uh, to the action. And if they're then on their private stream and they have these viewers come in uh, that are fe feeling emboldened in their op in their opinion mm -hmm. because some caster said it, yes, that sucks. But the alternative is to have a fucking dead scene. Right? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, I don't. I, I, there's no, there's no, only easy wins. Um, yeah. So, I they they I I feel like they tried it for the longest time. Um. To have uh, wholesome work, it never worked. Mm-hmm. No. No, it was milk toast, and uh, nobody watched anyways. So, what were we really even doing? Um, you talked about the meta um, to transition. Uh, we do have a gigantic, giga, ginormous, humongous <laughs> patch um, yeah. that is mostly bloat, to be honest. Uh, but there is some interesting aspects that could help us maybe forecast what OWCS, at least the start of it, may look like. Um, uh on top of having a general projectile increase in terms of the projectile width, um, most heroes' HPs have been increased. Uh, damage across the board has seemed to have an increase. Um, there are new role passives that we can kind of get into. There's a global passive that we can get kind of get into, and there's a new hero rework. Uh, where do we feel like starting? Marvel. Wherever. All right. So let's let's get the yeah, let's get the juicy bits out the way. Let's let's go let's go straight to Farah. Okay. Oh yeah. She this seems is very fun now. Brand new. This is hot hot off the press. Spoiler. The leaks were right. Fifty extra HP aligned with everybody else. Uh rocket launcher recovery reduced. Projectile speed increased. Explosion self damaging. Uh, reduce from 50 to 25 um, a new secondary fire ability uh, which provides a quick horizontal boost in the direction that fire is moving so a more aerial agility to be able to kind of quickly move around that's really cool uh, jump jet which I believe is for shift um, now refunds 50% of her uh, kind of like I don't know double tap space bar hover jets the fuel that you use to kind of float around a little bit um, so you're still you're more airborne more so than ever. So there's literally no reason to be a, a ground Farah, if you will. <laughs> um, concussive blast is on a lower cooldown. There's it now deals damage. Um, her alt, unfortunately, is still shit. Um, I think it's it, way better now. I mean, it, yeah, and now it just instantly refills hover jets, but it's still you know. It's yeah, still, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm stuck yeah. in this. Yeah, I'm stuck. But like, if you're going to use it, but like, I think using it now as like an escape tool is actually like, because I don't think the ultimate was worth that much anyways to like trade one for one, 100%, maybe yeah. two for one, but like instantly refilling your fuel as like an escape tool is like, that's, mm -hmm. that, that can work. I mean, and, and I asked this in full ignorance because I had, I do not keep up playing Overwatch. Let's be honest. Um, is it, can you cancel barrage yet? Oh, that's a good point. You know, you're just stuck you're, again. You're just still stuck. Yeah, you're there. stuck. Never mind. It sucks. I, I played. I, I fair is not a hero that I. I you just all. don't press Q. You press yeah. Q. Maybe again, you want to press Q. The bit See, that's that would the big be the good. That would be that would be a sick. That would be you just sick buff cancel, cancel barrage. That. Yeah, that'd be that. Give me the ability to stop. That would make her infinitely better because and more fun to be honest right like it, the 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 fun of overwatch is like building those alts and then like using the super powerful ability and having that like hero moment 
nothing about Farah feels like a hero moment. Now, I would argue with all of these like more mobility increasing tools, you finally have that kind of like quake style like rocket hero that like has been I would say kind of needed. It is kind of like an interesting like weapon to kind of play around with and use. Um it's 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 definitely interesting. I'm I'm excited to see what this looks like in the pros' hands. But the big problem for casual fans is that the alt sucks. Doesn't feel good. Touch to the hip with mercy anymore, which is no. Really yeah, really this good. is it's just I think not. Because like, I remember we talked, Joe, and I was like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like Zyra Khan from League. Yeah. Are, for people who might not know about League of Legends, it's two heroes that infinitely like. Uh, if they're on the field at the same time, they just like boost each other in like certain ways. It's not the same with this, but like it's, uh, it's it's kind of like the same vibe with like Far Mercy, and they Zyra Khan used to be, be able to be played without each other, and it felt like you could never play Pharah without Mercy, um, yeah. unless you were like Labda, <laughs> but like or, or Jin, not even who had a fair. Either way, this kind of untethers them which i really like yeah. i think you could probably still play pharmacy if you're if oh, you're 100%. calming you have to calm for it though because now i think it's solo queue it's going to be hard to keep up with the fair if you're mercy and just like trying to just like pocket her sure. uh, pocket her because there's so much mobility um especially like vertical and horizontal now mm-hmm. but overall like i think this is a great change because i think it'd be nice to see Farah without mercy all the time that'd be i think that'd be really nice yeah definitely um is a hero that we want to have available in the like pool of viable heroes to be able to break up any kind of like death ball compositions unfortunately for the longest time she just kind of like flies up in the air and gets shot all like a goats comp or you know (laughs) a double shield comp had to do is just like quickly rotate out one of their dps to something remotely hit scan and the pharah just kind of gets like stuck behind a wall like you just have to like sit there and hump a corner and your mercy because they apply exactly you know what i mean like you're just stuck and now she's she has the mobility to kind of get around her you know knockback is a little bit reduced but the point still stands you should be able to this is a new tool for players to use whether or not this is good or bad um in terms of like how like performance output whether or not this is going to be increased i feel like it is going to be increased a little bit but it's one of those things that it's just such a new like re you know rehaul that it's still early days to say whether or not this is like broken or if it's just you know underpowered for whatever reason i feel like definitely exciting though is kenny any thoughts on I, the I, I feel cool about beans? like what you just said at the end like i feel about all the changes like this yeah like it's yeah i'm, I'm reading them i'm noticing them i'm having emotional eruptions within myself and then i'm thinking yeah. Okay, it's happening in the entire in the wider context of what this game now is, yep. and therefore, like, I cannot reasonably have a um, an opinion on this yet without having yep. played extensively. The only people what that I is- remotely um, would take uh, insight from are content creators, also with a grain of salt, because once again, like, they are uh, incentivized to have certain takes, right? But uh, those that I do trust to have honest opinions, um, I think those are the guys that you should should uh, converse with. Everyone else that's just like reactionarily, just having like 
knee-jerk moments on Twitter. No value. Shout Gosh. out Spilo. Shout out Spilo. His videos are good on it. <laughs> what, what, what did Spilo say? No, he had, he had really good... No, no, I meant like shout out Spilo. His videos on, on the subject have been pretty good, actually. Oh, okay. I feel like this is like a case study of like, you know, if everybody is pretty, then nobody's pretty. You know, like everybody has gotten like a big like health increase or everybody's gotten something. And it's like, did what really changed? It's so difficult to parse through like the bloating of like every hero is just more tanky and more deals, more damage and has bigger hitboxes, but also bigger projectiles. It's like, okay, like what? What really changed? And that's only going to be like really discovered as you kind of continue to play the game yeah, and that'll kind of settles out. We need a month. Yeah. To to at at best a month before we really start to decide like what we th- to to build on like foundational ideas and then start to kind of lead that in a direction of a style where it's like, you know, some people are like, "Oh, well dive's going to be a thing now." It's like I mean, maybe it's possible. I mean, now we have Grievous And there wounds. could also be patches that change things. Like, numbers 100%. are still going to be tweaked at some point. Like, 100%. It's, it's um, not... I'm definitely not playing Overwatch Rank Day 1. I would rather... Oh, yeah. That, that's, uh, that's a little rough. Um, many other things. <laughs> I think that's maybe the direction that we, we should go. I'm not going to sit here and read out the entire list. A lot of it is kind of just, like, number bloat. Um, some of grid, though. Exactly. The new damage roll passive, uh, the reload speed bonus on eliminations has been removed. However, you have in its place a uh, a new passive that when you deal damage, you reduce the target's healing received by 20% for two seconds. I've been asking for this for like just a hero that had this. Yeah. Or like something that did this, like at, put it on ashes, like dynamite or something, something that reduces healing. Mm-hmm. I'm so so happy because healing like burst healing was like a problem and like the only i i think anti-nade was like the complete opposite end of like what i like the 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 most like egregious end of that like kind of Mm -hmm. not like wanting healing to be reduced like anti-heal is like a huge deal but like having just a thing that like reduces healing for like 20 percent is like so good especially because it's on dps and now dps is not just like a role that just is kind of like a little bit like I think DPS had a problem where it was you shoot and like that's it. And I mean, you're still going to be doing that, but like yeah. now you have a little bit more autonomy. You have a reason fights. to. Like, where are you going to shoot? Like, who are you going to like, you know, is it more important for me to take the healing away from the tank or take the healing away from the back line? Something yeah. like, you know, those types of decisions are going to matter a little bit more. So you got to think more. And I think having, g- giving more things for people to think about to an extent and like play the game not just on autopilot like you might have been as like dps beforehand i think is really good I, I'm, yeah. and also anything that i think takes healing down a little bit because it supports were very strong are i think probably really strong yeah healing in the game has just always been like a That's gigantic problem such a big like proponent of creating some of like the worst interactions and some of the, the most boring metas for most audience members um, I will stand opposed to that, but um, yeah, it, it it for it, it allows players to feel both a sense of agency, but a, a sense of like productivity when they're actually dealing damage. It feels like they're they're now doing more, right? Um, I think this opens up some interesting like stat lines where it's like, okay, I'd be very interested to know like 
how and this isn't something that like the average player is going to get use out of or this is something for the owcs but it's like okay like what teams are how what dps players in the owcs have the most uh grievous wounds uptime what targets do they have the most grievous wounds uptime on like who are we really shooting mm-hmm. now we can kind of tell with like very pinpoint accuracy on like who are we looking at and who are we shooting that i think is like interesting to to kind of take note of yes do you is there like, a visual res- representation i don't think that is so. the thing i also want to know because i think there should be i think there, there really probably should be. should be it should be like a little debuff that you get it can't be like purple it, like maybe no it it can't, fire. But... yeah there should be some sort of indie that that's yeah, because like this, this is a passive. Yes, like it's also beneficial in solo play, but it's much more potent when, uh, yeah. when everyone's focusing the same target, right? Like in some ways, there are mechanics that sort of discourage gameplay, uh, which is like the the passive that everyone got with the health regen. Um, right. At the same time, um, there's also like the healing debuff that clearly like favors people shooting one target and even training one target is, is that a thing wait we never really i guess focus but in mmos it's like a thing you... right where you say train a target which is basically like you stay on that one guy and deplete all the resources that he has and then eventually he drops you know um yeah i also wonder it's what it's for five seconds or it's like what is the what is the regen what is the healing? It's like for two seconds. I mean, it'd be hard to like, because grievous wounds last for like a while. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't. I, I guess Eric kind of put something in our chat where it's like a non full health bar is kind of an indication. That's probably true. The only yeah to an extent it is true, it's and it's seconds. probably gonna be, yeah. And yeah, yeah I mean you're constantly I'm also just kind of shooting visual people. clutter. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Especially in a game where you're just shooting all the time, and like if you. If Reinhardt puts his shield down for one second, he gets ticked like by tracer yeah. pistol. Maybe maybe Let's... the indicator is not a necessary. A, an indicator isn't necessary, but having something to be able to track on the broadcast or yeah, having yeah. a tool that tracks that would be very interesting. It would. I mean, these are like a lot like of a stats little, that you can kind like of. It's like a little through. shield next to your health bar. I wonder if like they do like a little broken shield kind of thing next to the health bar, like a mm-hmm. tiny. Th- you can you can create solutions. I I believe yeah. in our small indie company. We'll figure, that we'll figure we can, it. We can. You could figure it out if you want to. Depends on if you want to or not. We had to cast um, the anti nade for a long time. It's true, and we there's so many so many visual things that I wish we had, but alas, we don't. Um, another thing that we've kind of been, you know, I feel like the community at large has been celebrating is the uh, the global passive that all heroes now regenerate twenty HP after five seconds of not taking damage. The old support passive. Um, a lot of people have pointed towards that allowing more individual play to be mm-hmm. more autonomous. Um, do you kind of think that's going to push more of a dive centric idea or is it really still too early to say Eska? Uh, yeah, way too early to say, I think. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, that, there's so much in this patch that just like switches things around so heavily that it's, yeah. Yeah, honestly, like it's at a point where these changes are so large, they might as well just create a not maybe not a hard new, (laughs) hard new archetype of a comp, but 
like maybe something like it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think, it's... even like something like AOE scrap seems but way more feasible now into some. It's not necessarily poke, but like, or hard focus or something, right? Like, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I don't think it would absolutely revolutionize, but it's not not beyond uh, impossible. I also think it will make for very different players being able to be good, right? Like, there's a specific skill about being hyper accurate. That's sure. now less important, right? Um, like micro adjustments or like insane accuracy flakes are now considerably easier. So that will promote certain player types more. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's really hard to see where this might go. Um, also, you have to consider the engine that used to come up with all the meta types is also now severely hampered because presumably we have much less brains thinking actively about Overwatch matters um, with all the all coaches being unemployed. So that's a consideration, even though that will not... Ah, sometimes it impacts uh, rank meta, most of the time it doesn't. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it is going forward, but um, I'm not running any alarm bells. Personally, Yes, lower C skill ceiling is just something that doesn't sit well with me per like on a on a general basis. But I don't know; uh, it might just not matter too much. Even though I think, yeah, general tracking accuracy was already not too hard. Yeah, uh, especially for body shots. But headshots is different, right? But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that develops. Kenobes, any any thought for the global passive? You think that's um, uh, pretty good? I th- yeah, like I that? think it's good. I think it gives more, like, giving more autonomy is always something I'd like, and not okay. having to be fully reliant on your healer. Um, it doesn't really matter for tanks, I don't think. Like, 20 health yeah, no, you're... is... Like, it's, it's mostly for, like, supports and for um, yeah. DPS. I think S- Spyla mentioned this, is that, like, five seconds is a lot of time, actually. To like not take time. any damage or not like be yeah. part of combat, it's really long. So, like, this doesn't. I don't think instantly just make dive like the best thing. Like, I, I it's not gonna work that way. Where it's like you know, the the flankers are gonna become become so strong. Like five seconds is a lot. Like it's mm-hmm. a lot of setup time, and um, I don't think that's really gonna affect it too much. It'll help like in solo queue. I think. For sure. Oh yes. Like flankers, yeah. it'll be really good to be like a tracer and just be like, okay, you know. I mean, even then, it's like still like, uh, you know, if I'm tracer, I already know where the health packs are. If I'm a good tracer, I know yep. where the health packs are. Yep. Go blink over to those and figure that out. So, um, but like for some other flankers, maybe it is a good idea. Like Sojourn, I think is like nice having her like be on the flank and like being able to like dash out. Mm-hmm. The healer doesn't necessarily need to heal the Sojourn at that point. So there is some aspect to this that i really do like it's mostly for the supports and for the um for the dps spilo did mention the thing that's interesting is that like how it affects the tanks because it's a global um a global thing how is it going to affect 
different health pools because like tanks that are lower health pool might get changed. I don't know. It's they might have to target this one on specific uh role, I think, at some point. So or just like remove it from tanks based. altogether. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean it from tanks altogether, I think. Honestly, this is it's getting to the point where like there is this weird like passive I think passives are good. Like I think passives are good, but it seems like there's just always just new passives just being kind of thrown around. Yeah, I think throwing just... them around is like kind of kind of not great, but like we're start I think we're starting to land on the good ones. Yeah, like, I I would I, I would say so. We're, hitting, I would we're so. hitting the bullseyes. We're hitting the twenties. You know, we're 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 starting yeah. to get there. I think like the, the the grievous wounds. I've been asked for grievous wounds forever. Next, we need Rubik, and then I'm gonna be like really happy. <laughs> A passive to generate more abilities to steal. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the bulk of this patch, the important parts. Um, Either you won't be able to see it, or there are the little texts that you immediately scroll down past to find your favorite hero to see if they are buffed or nerfed, right? Um, it's the projectile with changes. It's the ultimate charge uh, changes that ever you know everybody's alts increased cost by 10%, so it's going to be a little bit longer to get those big ultimate abilities. Um, it's the, like we've been talking about with the Grievous Wounds, reducing healing is big. It may not feel super tangible or impactful but that is a significant change to how certain supports are viewed um is zenyatta like viable i don't know it's it's difficult to say when harmony orb does so little healing and now the target takes 20 percent reduced healing on top of the damage is he gonna have enough throughput to exist i don't know hard to say right things to think about there are some things in here for like certain projectiles getting further increased, uh, certain flankers having their health buffed, um, Genji having his swing recovery decreased. So he's a little, it, whether or not that hits certain benchmarks, it's difficult to say. That's stuff that is going to have to be play tested to really kind of feel out. Um, but a lot of the stuff, I feel like the impact is in the, the finer print um, on top of, you know, all the other changes that we've talked about with the rank reset, the jade weapons, the uh, the is it really a soft reset or is it a hard reset? You know, all this all this added uh, benefit. I, I, it feels like the game itself is starting to make some, you know, the right moves, but uh, we won't see that those knock on effects for a while. So we will have to see we haven't had you on the show in a little bit kenobi so i did want to get your take regarding uh some of the owcs rules uh do we feel any type of way about map vetoes oh i haven't do you like those i think from what my understanding is is that i i it means you can just like veto is it one or two maps uh i think it's each team strikes down one map and then you down one, you pick yeah. yeah you pick four from pick the map. pool yeah uh i like I think that's a good idea. I think predetermined map pools... I mean, I think they're still probably going to be that, but, like, I think giving, again, teams more autonomy is always good. I think we're getting close to probably... Depending on what what the hero release cycle looks like in the next few years, we're going to get bans at some point. I I think it's, like, it's inevitable. I I think if the hero roster... What are we at? We're at four... How many heroes are we at right now? 
Great question. I wish I, 30, I wish I knew. Thirty something. Yeah, I think. So, like, say we double that. Um, you know, thinking way into the future here, but like, say we double that, even like half it. Like, I think like when we get to like fifty to sixty heroes, it's gonna be like a a question about to start doing because I think the reason we don't have bands now is because they're every hero is too archetypically archetypically i think is the word caster by the way different um to each other that like banning if you ban like one hero it would just ruin an entire composition right whereas in league if you're banning you know oriana Syndra exists like you have another control mage you can play ari exists like there's those type of things you can have you know if you ban jarvin you still have vi if you're trying to go for like a dive um in League of Legends terms, we don't have that here. If you ban Winston, you're not playing Dive, like, realistically. You can maybe try it with D.Va, but, like, even then it's, like, you know, do they offer the same type of thing? I think that map vetoes are really good. Um, I think, again, giving that autonomy to the teams and, like, having them play that little chess with each other, I think, is really nice. Um, and not having kind of be just like, oh, well, the Rush team lucked into X map, we're fucked. Like, right. I think that that's, it's going to be a good kind of strategical thing to have. Um, and just kind of tangentially, I think we're we're getting, th- this is a good start to probably us getting bans at some point for heroes. Hmm. Maybe, yeah. It, 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 it's hard to say. Depending think... on the hero, it has to, it depends on the hero output and the hero archetypes that we're going to be getting right if we get because that's the whole thing kind of like i was talking about where it's like the archetypes are the the thing that really make bands worth it in league and also the size of the roster right. 150 champ sure right. yeah. um and they, they cover a lot of bases we don't have that in overwatch because we just don't have the output of the heroes uh if we ever got there then bands would start i think becoming a thing because i think the, the argument against bands is like okay you ban lucio you can't play rush it's like yeah that's why we don't have it we want to be a little more open but if there were other heroes that enabled rush maybe like lucio then we could start you know having an idea right yep i also think this you know it it creates a talking point you know whether or not we have desks in the future it it, it does remain to be seen um but it does give something for you know people to chew on you know why would you ban this when you can ban that and oh everybody knows that we spit fire loves gibraltar because of their Rhine comp, and <laughs> why would you leave Gibraltar up? You know, shit like that. It gives people something to talk about that isn't, you know, because let's face it, Overwatch, like you, you've mentioned, it is a difficult game to kind of parse through and watch. So having having some kind of like something to, yeah, that explain. There's just help. objective data where you can just say, okay, this draft was garbage, yeah, though, right, like, yeah. You look yeah. at the map win rates if the like if there's a large discrepancy and they pulled into it. And the comp or the solution to the opponent that does not make much sense. Yeah, you just call them out for it. It's yeah, very yeah. easy to empirically prove. Yeah, so it's a it's a decent. It's like a the most like reasonable piece of like criticism that like almost anybody can give is like looking at the draft, looking at like the win rates yeah. of that, and going like, yeah, we get it. Like maybe it works in scrims, but this hero ain't the pick. 
this map ain't the pick. This side uh, choice, whatever it is, you know, it, it's not, it's not, to, it's not it, Chief. You know, stop doing B one reject and stop. <laughs> exactly, there it is. Right, we all know it for a reason. Bring it into our game. So I, I agree. Pretty good. Um, any last touch? Any last points before we get the get the f out of here? I think the patch is good. It's nice. I think good patch. I've been seeing a lot of people excited about the game. Um, a lot of people who are also like, you know, oh man, I don't like the changes. I don't like this. Give it time. It'll yeah. eventually, I think, feel not too different. Um, you know, we gotta wait for the placebo effect to hit. Um, but yeah, I think I think kind of a change like this. it is like a very sweeping change, but I think I, I think it can end up being a good. Thing. So I think we'll just wait and see. Fair play. And I think they can still change some of the numbers and make it all up based Jessica? i'm a little concerned that we will see a large shift in the pro player pace in who's good and who isn't based on these changes and that this might affect how we perceive team building that's currently going on um and we will probably see some interesting results coming out of that switch stage uh yeah, so, see. I guess is like, that is that almost not like a good thing? I was gonna say because I think that there's like when when like there are sweeping changes to like certain heroes or certain um, like aspects of the game. I think it can like offer an avenue for uh, more people to get in for like to do different things because like when when like SKT was I'm talking about League a lot, but it's a it's kind of like when SKT was winning worlds, like Wolf, the support, not the, uh, not the caster caster Wolf, like made his career on Tom Kench, just eating bang. And then just like, you know, that was it. Like, I was kind of like all Wolf was doing at the time. It, it felt like, and then a lot of people made their career off of like Tom Kench being that good. And then when Tom Kench got reworked, he like, it kind of opened the door for like a lot more other supports to be played. And that opened the door for a lot more viability from like uh, other people to come in and start like playing other supports and like the hero, the versatility got a lot better. So if we're expanding how easy quote unquote, the heroes are, maybe that changes to versatility being a really important aspect on top of. Which I think maybe overwatch wants, I guess. Yeah. Could be see we'll see but yeah i also just as a general thing i i know folks have said this a lot i think we have advocated on this podcast a lot that like about sweeping changes yeah. it's just good to see that they're still tinkering around with the wider overwatch formula and just like are this hardcore in expanding the possibilities and if it doesn't work it doesn't work roll that shit back um, or take the best out of it yep. and go next with a hard, like, reimagining of what this might be, right? Because, once yep. again, like, it's, you will piss off a couple of people, and in the end, it's all about, like, bringing more um, in Players. and leave. Yep, exactly. And that 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 is, I think, the the capstone, I think, to a lot of this, is that Overwatch... In games in general, I think modern gaming in general needs to understand that like seasonal play 
is what drives like monthly active users. This is making me more interested in playing Overwatch than I have been in forever, right? And I'm not the only person to I'm not the yeah. only person to think that way. It's the same thing with Diablo. It's the same thing with Path of Exile. It's the same thing with World of Warcraft. It's the same thing with Fortnite. It's this, it's it's how modern gaming is and should be marketed. You need to have a big change in three to four months. Add in a bunch of content. Backload all the changes you want to do. Highly produce the shit out of it. Get it to people's eyes. It's a new game. It's a new season. Come join us. It's a it's a fun time. Season nine, baby. Woohoo. Let's go. Let's go play Pharah. Let's go shoot people and make them not take more healing. Fuck oh. you, right? Like <laughs> that's what that this is what we need. This is this is the cycle that modern gaming is going down. And we have to kind of get on board. Yeah. So this is I think this is a step in the right direction. I like the fact that this is being produced um and and the, the the verbiage around it is focused on season nine, big patch, bought lots of changes. Overwatch three. That's not the first time I've heard somebody talk about like, oh, such a such sweeping changes as might as well be a new game. That is that is permeating outside of just our little esports yes. bubble that is going outside, right? Mm. That's how we should be looking at this. That's what the dev team that is a that is a empirical success that is drawing eyes to Overwatch. And that is important because we need players. Because if we don't have players, then nobody gets to play the esports, right? Yep. Nobody new comes up, nobody new watches, and that's the death of things. So, I would say from that alone, a success. If you don't like that, Hanzo can shoot you uh, in your ears, and it count as a headshot. Um, you take been that up with the, for the last yeah. couple of years. You also, <laughs> yeah, that, that's just how it's always been. So, you know, welcome, welcome to the the club. But yeah, I would agree. Season nine patch, very, very good. Thumbs up. We pog. Um, anything, anything. Hey, are you doing anything? You're playing Andromeda here, Kenobi. Why are uh, we playing Andromeda? I'm not anymore. Uh, <laughs> I, I I got I did as much as I could in terms of like trying to hundred percent it. I, I was I was wondering if the game was like really as bad as I remember, and it's not. It's not good. It's like it's were you a pal world uh, abuser? Did you? No, did I you never. Have... I never touched no? it. Never. You're not interested. Like Pokemon. I don't like Pokemon. Oh, okay, fair. All right, yeah, that that would kind of do it for you. All right, I, fair play. I, the the best Pokemon I played was Pokemon Emerald, and then right next to that is Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Which, <laughs> which these games are is it Pokemon? Yeah, it's not Pokemon. So there you go. Um, which is fair. All right, yeah, not for uh, you. The the game loop is just not. For, um, I, hey, I hear heard that. Yeah, played a lot of <laughs> played a lot of Mass Effect and Andromeda because I'm. Um. Uh. Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, I've been tweeting about some Overwatch stuff. Put uh, did a tweet today about the best hero or the best player for every hero in Chinese Overwatch history that I thought. So, if you want to come argue with me on that on my Twitter, go ahead. I feel like that's right a brisk representation. What happened? I think you just got one guide on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. you know there was there was a there was a time when we listen. Were doing... People don't know about okay. People people got to put some respect on uh, hacker Sombra. It was insane. People don't realize. I actually, kind of cracked. Yeah, the original was, crack Sombra player. It was, it was and so then played good. Ash. Shout out to played his, Ash. Yeah, they did Ash guns before anyone else, and they were terrible. Boy, howdy, was that ass? Boy was hacker a one trick, but he was really good at that one hero. It's Boy, true. howdy, it's true. but uh, yeah. Um, we got we got to get you on a new game. I got to get you hooked on something. 
Please God, I'm so bored. I heard Wait, Persona what? Three Reloaded is good. Ah, uh, get that weave shit out of here. You're already you're already playing Genshin Impact enough. Honkai. Whatever. Speaking of, I I, I fifty fifty. I won the fifty fifty for the new for Black Skull. So that's good. You've uh, I've passed on the good luck charm to you. Finally, yeah. If anyone wants it, also they're doing a thing where it's like if you give out code, you get free money. So if anyone wants a code for free money, that I also get free money in Honkai Star Rail. Hit me up. Mutually beneficial. <laughs> Go ahead. Jerk each other yeah. off. No, nope, not that. <laughs> if you wanna, if you wanna get into gotcha, <laughs> d- don't do it. It's a bad idea. It's, it, 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 don't do it as bad. Very much so. Yes, go. Uh, outside of being absolutely railed on Tarkov, what's coming down the pipe? Um. So I did an interview with Yay. Okay. Uh, didn't know that he'd be on. Uh, uncoachable but i think we didn't have too much overlap um i, I we discussed a cu- couple of interesting topics spe- uh, specifically about like o- the organizational side and uh esports winter and um then i'm also going to sit down with someone else i'm not sure if i uh let's let's not say who but it's a reoccurring guest Ooh, talking, surprise guest talking about um also just you know the whole oh uh, watch championship series or watch a monetization and like directly from the horse's mouth um so hopefully that that will be good and yeah just starting up the interviews again running those out and then seeing very good answer. Based very good. We love oh. that. I'm RTS pilled. I'm following. Oh yeah, Stormgate you've been playing quite Stormgate a, a lot. Yes. Uh, very quickly pop up on my Steam. Yeah, Yeska would uh, absolutely be frothing, pissing, and coming. Yeah, uh, all at the same time watching so me play. Dishonorable. Dishonest, <laughs> dishonorable. You know, it, it, it's there are some pretty bad strats. Um, your little Warcraft three heart would uh, would would be. I don't I don't know if it would be singing or or screaming. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, there there are some very interesting little cheeses that you can do that are, I, I think are very very fun. Um, but yeah, RTS stuff. If you're into that, come on over. Uh, doing doing quite a bit of that in the uh, Overwatch off season. So if that's something uh, you're you're down for, hit me up definitely have uh, quite a bit of history there so all right that's the leroy jenkins episode that's 333 repeating of course we all love you very much we will see you next week with uh hopefully more news we'll see you then peace